Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust. A non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, Signs of the Soul, Part 3. And before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust. Alice Bailey wrote 24 volumes of literature. And those 24 volumes of literature are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought also comes from the works of Alice Bailey. There is no light or dark to the soul. Only existence and love. There is no separation, but only identification with the heart of all love. The more you love, the more love can reach out through you to others. The chains of love unite the world. Last time we uh, spoke, I was kind of confused by something. Uh, I, there are so many good values you attributed to the soul, love, compassion, sharing, and, uh, and many more. But uh, one of the soul characteristics that uh, left me, I, I was kind of disturbed by it, uh, you mentioned that the soul has a quality of indifference. Now, mm-hmm. I always think of indifference in, in the pejorative manner, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. I don't look upon it as a positive quality. It left me feeling that the soul has a cold side, uh, kind of uh, uh, ascetic, indifferent to pain or pleasure, and uh, and I was kind of disturbed by that. Could you uh, say more about that? Maybe straighten me out with that. The opening thought that you just um, gave, I think, encapsulates the reason for indifference, Alice Bailey said, there is no light or dark to the soul, only existence and love. There is no separation, but only identification with the heart of all love. Well, if there's no light or dark to the soul, no separation, then a lot of the things that we think are such terrible hardships and problems and that cause us so much grief 
are to the soul nothing at all. That's the soul's indifference. The soul has a view of life and eternity that is not the same as ours while we dwell in this mortal coil and live 90 to 100 years if we're uh, fortunate to have good genes. The, the soul is immortal and the idea of indifference is based on a deep-seated belief in the persistence of this being which endures long after the personality vehicles of emotions and mind and body have um, departed. So the perspective of the soul is different. The personality says, what about me? What about my needs? The personality has an agenda, which usually is self-serving. And it's this that causes us so much pain. The Buddha said self-affirmation is the cause of all sorrow. This intense driving need to affirm the ramparts of the separated self and its goals and its wishes and its wants that's where all human pain and suffering reside to the soul things are exactly as they should be and the soul knows that the law of karma governs all karma being both good and bad in other words the law of cause and effect knowing that that law works why should the soul be troubled? Right, and you have to clarify too that it's spiritual indifference that is the quality of the soul and uh, that, <clears throat> that makes the difference because the, the personality uh, can also express some kind of indifference and a sense of not caring and that would be come across as kind of cold and when it's, said it's done by the personality nature uh, but the soul, as, as Sarah was just saying, has this immortal um, immortality and the immortal understanding of the, the divine plan for this earth and that is working out and it takes lifetime after lifetime for the soul. So it cannot be concerned, overly concerned with every lifetime, every life expression in the physical world. Eventually, it has to gradually uh, let go of this physical world. And the best way to do that is to cultivate a sense of not caring or don't care uh, or, and to substitute <coughs> other interests and uh, that are more noble, that are more soul-like, and thereby let the uh, older interest to uh, die from lack of attention. There's another side to indifference also, and it applies to the way we look at others. And here again, that might come as a surprise that we can help and serve our fellow human beings by cultivating an attitude of indifference. But let me explain. The writings of Alice Bailey say that aspiring disciples are far more conscious of the failings and the personality qualities of others then are the more advanced seekers. They, the more advanced spiritual people, may be well aware of people's faults, but they are far more aware, she says, of the effort and the intention of the soul manifesting through those fault-laden people. In other words, the view of the advanced spiritual seeker is the view of the soul. 
that sees intention, effort, um, orientation towards the light. And so it's more indifferent to the petty failings and weaknesses and faults that we tend to make such a big deal of and to give so much weight to. We can be so very petty about the shortcomings in ourselves and in others. And yet the soul is quite indifferent to many of those uh, apparent failures, things that we would think are quite, quite awful. The soul is not particularly worried about because it knows that the orientation of that person, if he is on the spiritual path, he's able to gauge that spiritual orientation and to know the degree to which the soul of that human being grips that personality, we could say. There's a long time in overcoming flaws and weaknesses. Much, much time is needed. So the long-range view says this person is stabilized on the path or not and oriented to a life of the soul or not. And by that view, is able to decide how important the flaws are. Does that make sense? Yes, I think so. And <laughs> the, uh, um, <clears throat> also the soul, by having this spiritual uh, attitude of spiritual indifference, it can express the greater love of the soul more easily. It's not identified with the uh, with all the ups and downs of the personal life. So it, it can maintain that stable, calm um, quality of love, of divine love, uh, in itself, and without being affected by all the um, machinations of the personal life, and so it can express the divine love more easily. Coming back to this idea of karma, I think that to the soul, things work out for a reason that we might not comprehend, and the dark passages in life that we might think are a sign of failure or of um, terrible uh, injustice to the soul might be exactly right because karma is a law it's a divine law and knowing that I suppose to the soul the misfortunes and the hardships and the tests are not bad they are only justified and appropriate not as punishment but as providing the conditions in which the person who is enduring those um, hardships can take his next step forward on the path. So with that view, the soul is going to be indifferent towards problems and hardships and tests that the personality might view quite indignantly, if not with bitterness and uh, deep suffering. So there's a different set of priorities, a different frame of reference in terms of time and the soul's view about things that we think are so exceedingly important is much more mellow to use an old 60s word for those people who just tuned in you're listening to Inner Sight our topic for today Signs of the Soul Part 3 we have a special offer today from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bally book, Ponder on This. Ponder on This is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bally. And, by the way, there are some very illuminating insights into the nature of the soul within the Alice Bally book, Ponder on This. Uh, 
the special offer comes in the form of free shipping and handling. <clears throat> so if you'd like to order Ponder on this, you what you need to do is give us a check or money order. Send check or money order, $19, to Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005, and write a little note that um, on it saying you heard about the offer on Inner Sight. Once again, uh, check or money order, $19. Ask for the book uh, entitled Ponder on This. Send a $19 check or money order to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Uh, if you have any reason to call us, you can certainly are, are welcome to give us a call. We do have a uh, toll-free number that you can call us on if you'd like a general package of information that tells you a lot about Lucis Trust or for any other reason that you might want to call. Uh, dial us, dial our toll-free number, 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. Uh, one, or the easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. Um, we also appreciate your tax-deductible donations because... And the reason why we appreciate them so much is that that's what keeps us on the air, uh, helps us to pay for these radio shows. So uh, we appreciate that support that you give us and um, continue to send them to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Could I uh, butt in with yeah, another sure. mention of another book? Oh, certainly. You yeah. mentioned Ponder on yeah. this. But we are bringing out another compilation of uh, extracts from the writings of Alice Bailey that listeners might be interested in. It's called The Soul, The Quality of Life. And so it's directly related to some of the ideas that we're discussing in these programs on the qualities of the soul. It's in print now, and uh, if people would like information on how to order this book, the price hasn't been set yet but they can telephone the number you just gave, and we'd be glad to send them uh, information on the book. Title again? The Soul, The Quality of Life. Mm -hmm. It's a compilation of extracts specifically on the soul and its qualities, just as we are discussing in these programs. Well, I've got two points that I want to make. First of all, uh, uh, the way I see it, and um, I'm not sure that I'm absolutely right, that to uh, be on the spiritual path, according to the works of Alice Bailey, means to be on the path that uh, uh, helps us to, on a path where we're developing the divinity within ourselves, and by that, I, the way I see it, and what I mean by that is to uh, to develop one's own divinity, means to be in sync uh, with the soul qualities of compassion, sharing, love, uh, and so many other uh, of the soul qualities that are, uh, that are really uh, high accolades to the soul for for creating a situation where perhaps we can mold ourselves like that. Um, another thing that I, I can see that really astounds me about this quality of indifference, uh, does that mean indifference uh, as far as the soul quality that no matter what obstacle we have to overcome in life or uh, no matter uh, what goal we achieve and all the effort and trials that we put for, set forth in achieving those goals, that the only thing that really matters is how throughout all of those experiences we come in closer contact with the highest divinity within ourselves. Is that what that means? I would think so, yes. Um, the soul uh, has, I, I suppose, a different plan, a different purpose than the personality does. The soul 
Um, the personality might say, I want to become the top in my profession in this lifetime and have four children, all of whom will go to college. And uh, I want to own a five-bedroom house, and I've had my eye on that Mercedes. And the soul might have a completely different uh, intention when it incarnates. It might say, in this lifetime, I want to learn harmlessness. In this lifetime, I want to learn truly to share. In this lifetime, I want to learn to bear my burdens with more joy than I have in the past. Those are utterly different goals than the individual personality might have. The the soul's view, as we try to imagine it, is one of um, detachment, of endurance, of infinite patience, and another quality that might surprise people is impersonality. Again, a cold word. People often think to be impersonal is to be cold towards others. And yet there's something deeply loving about impersonality in the spiritual sense. It's literally the ability to overlook that which in another person might not be their finest expression. The the lower, baser motives and actions that we are all prone to from time to time. Impersonality is that blessed capacity to simply say, never mind, to overlook those shortcomings. And that's an expression of the soul. Right, and the, um, we're told that the, you know, the, the spiritual hierarchy of this planet uh, works in that way. Uh, we may think that they are so vitally interested in every little thing that we do in our lives, but they are not, really. They're not? No. <laughs> if they were, they would be exhausted. <laughs> and bored. And bored, yes. And Deeply bored. And disgusted with us. That too. <laughs> so they have to have this this uh, deep sense of of uh, impersonality about uh, about the personality. Our like, personality. Uh, and uh, so it, it's this... Um, Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to carry on the work that they are responsible for of carrying out the plan of God in the world. And um, it is that's the way the, the spiritual hierarchy works, the basic attitudes that they have. And that's not a, a sense of, well, we don't care what's going on down here with his personality lives, but... Um, it's just that they can't be so deeply involved. They have to stand back and be more detached from what's happening. And yet, as you say, they are <clears throat> deeply, they hold this life in deep love because it, it's, and it's that detached ability to love that uh, is an expression of the spiritual hierarchy and the kingdom of God, the kingdom of souls. And that would be one of the great um, qualities of the kingdom of God when that kingdom begins to uh, appear more and more uh, noticeably in the world. I think the way to understand that is to remember that the personality is the not-self. It's not who we really are in a spiritual um, sense. So much that we think is real and authentic about ourselves is just ephemeral, and it has to do with the form, the way we look, the way we uh, 
behave, uh, many of our goals are all to do with the, the world of forms, and therefore they're transitional, they aren't eternal. Maybe that's why the hierarchy is so indifferent and impersonal toward what's going on in our outer lives. They know that's not who we really are as souls. That's temporary um, manifestation on the level of form. Who we really are is our quality. What quality do we emanate? And all of us might think about that because that might help us identify the nature of our soul. What quality, what aroma do we give off in our lives in a subjective sense? When we're gone, what will be the aroma of our having been here? What will be the lingering effect? That's the quality of the soul and that's what the hierarchy is looking for uh, in terms of seeing, hoping for improvement. I think a lot of good spiritual people have gained a certain amount of impersonality towards others and they do overlook shortcomings and flaws with a great deal of compassion. But those same people can be ruthlessly personal towards themselves, unforgiving of any flaw or shortcoming in themselves. And when you think about it, that's just another way of expressing pride, don't you think? Oh, sure. Yeah, and uh, I think you're you're right there because um, developing this whole idea of impersonality is is really a a kind of a difficult way of learning to think. And and, um, um, I was just thinking as you were talking there that to do work in a group would uh, be necessary to have the sense of impersonal nature because uh, uh, it's impossible to do group work if this little personality is always outstanding and caring much for itself all mm. the time. Yeah. And there must be a sense of blending and an ability to give, to let go of the little self and to give over to the, to the purpose of the group. I think one of the hardest things to learn in group uh, work of any kind is impersonality because the whole thrust of the personal self is towards um, acclaim, towards recognition, uh, towards the opportunity to express its unique, irreplaceable nature. And at the same time, the Buddha said self-affirmation is the cause of all sorrow. We don't want to be one with the whole. We want to be separated and apart for a great deal of the way until we finally learn that to merge with the whole, to achieve true unity, is the only goal worth living for. But that, I think, comes at a very advanced stage of the way, and for a very long time we just want to be the best we can be, as the slogan goes And that's better than wanting to be a criminal, but it's still wanting to be a separated being. And the soul is not really so oriented toward that. That's why this impersonality is the only way for one to really merge with group endeavor and give what is needed, not what one wants to give, but what's needed. Yes, and that's probably the very difficult for people to do nowadays because... Uh, there is such a strong sense of the personal self, especially in this society, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, 
that uh, there is a lot of personal ambition, a lot of personal pride, a lot of personal um, creative work, and uh, it's all centered on the me, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's all for me. And learning to work in a group means you have to give up a lot of that, and uh, you can express your ideas, but it has to be in accordance with the group purpose and in uh, <clears throat> the group objectives, I think, and be willing to give over and to sacrifice, really. It's, mm-hmm. it's part of the soul, too. Sacrifice that little personal self for the greater good, the greater whole. The aspect of impersonality means that one doesn't necessarily help by getting involved and entwined in the problems of others. Again, many people of goodwill think that they are going to help someone, a friend, a family member, a co-worker, by commiserating and getting really involved in the problems that person is experiencing. And there are plenty of people that just love to lay their problems at your feet and have you commiserate with them. But impersonality doesn't do that. And that's because the soul knows that every person has the light within him or her to solve his own predicament. And only we can solve our own predicament. Nobody can do it for us because we created it. Maybe we don't remember creating it. Maybe it's something we brought over from the past, but it's ours. We own it, and we have to correct it, and we have the capacity to do so. Impersonality stands with another and loves them but does not interfere or involve himself in their their rightfully uh, responsible task of putting their condition right. And this impersonality is um, it's also necessary for those who have made a sort of a commitment to the path because then you are in a position where you can be used by the spiritual hierarchy then they will begin to take notice of you and your work that you're doing because it's not uh, a work that you're doing just for yourself but it's for the greater whole for the greater good of some larger whole and uh, it's at that stage at that point in your evolutionary development of consciousness that uh, you can begin to be used more objectively and subjectively by the spiritual hierarchy. And I think if you study the lives of the really great servers of humanity, you will find many of them with just that state of consciousness, the willingness to be used for a divine plan that they may not by any means fully understand, but they put themselves at the availability of that plan. Please take advantage of the special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, Ponder on this. It's an Alice Bailey book. It's a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey. It has some very illuminating insights into the nature of the soul. You'll probably recognize a lot of the thoughts that were set forth uh, during today's show within the book Ponder on this. Uh, I especially like Ponder on this because it helps make the study of the 24 volumes either easier because we are able to look at this abridged version of various topics and then make an order of priority as to what we'd like to approach first. Uh, it's available for $19. The um, 
A special offer comes in the form of um, free shipping and handling, so what you need to do is send a check or money order to Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Just write a little note saying that you heard about the offer on Inner Sight. It's $19 check or money order. Ask for a pounder on this. Send it to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And also, if you'd um, if you'd like to, you could uh, give us a call if you want um, if you want to order a general package of information, which uh, gives you a lot of information about uh, Lucis Trust. Uh, most frequently asked question: Is it a religion? Well, no, it's not. It's a spiritual philosophy organization. Uh, so, if you need to call us, uh, give us a call at one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. Or one eight six six NY Lucis. Uh, you've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds, let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts, may the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?